Okay, so what we're up to now is <coughs> the Pasuk says, Lema'am, in order that. So you should have tzitzis and see them, and you'll remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem and do them. And you will not stray after your hearts and after your eyes, which cause you to adulterate your ways. In order that you will remember, and do all of my mitzvot, and you will become holy to God, which is more or less what we spoke about last week. And this week, I want to talk about a little bit more. You will do all the mitzvot and become holy. You'll become kadosh to Hashem. Last week was the revolbi. Ani Hashem elokechem. I am Hashem, your God. This is the beginning of the last verse. Asher hotzeisi eschem me'eretz Mitzrayim lios lochem lelokim. Who took you out of the land of Egypt to be for you a God. Ani Hashem elokechem. I am Hashem, your God. So today, today we're talking about I would say, Vaasisam eskol mitzvosai, viisam kedoshim lelokechem, ani Hashem lokechem. Do all the mitzvos, you will do all the mitzvos, you will be kadosh to Hashem. I am Hashem your God. And the, what links these? How, 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 why is that one thing after another? So I'm going to start, I, in order to make time for a few words about Tisha B'Av, I'm actually going to skip. The beginning part of this um, Ramchal and sort of jump farther into the crux of it. This is a passage from Derech Hashem. So, in order that a person who is living in a physical body and under the constraints of a physical world and physical need, despite being a creature, not only of physicality, but also of spirituality and of a neshama, which is light and which is somewhat blinded in this dark world. Hashem, the creator, has created boundaries and orders for mankind. Let's see how they translate it. Arranged and circumscribed the ways. There are boundaries and there are orders and there are methods. There are limits and boundaries and orders uh, with which a person should interact and utilize the world and all the creations in the world. So here we are in this world. So much for summarizing back and not. The body is combined with the soul, but the physical nature is very strong, and it's also very opaque. It's hard to see through. But Hashem has told us limits and boundaries for how we relate and interact with the world. And what he should have in mind when he's using the world and interacting with it. And when a person is in fact making use of the use which Hashem has determined for him and 
limiting himself from the world according to the limits that Hashem has determined for him and having in mind the intentions in using the world and interacting with the world that Hashem has had in mind for him to have, what happens? Then also hapoal hagufani v'hachamri atzmo. Then that self-same physical action, that absolutely materialized thing, it itself, poel shlemos, becomes a complete and perfected action. Now, perfection, shlemos, is not a physical quality. <laughs> it's simply not. <laughs> not only that, but the person in interacting with something physical, precisely as God has ordained for him to interact with it, has integrated into himself, his physical self and his spiritual self, mitzius, a reality of shlemus, of perfection, umala rabba, and tremendous elevation. Okay? I just trying to actually retranslate one of the paragraphs here. I don't understand. I would love to talk to the translator how they got there, but the mundane activities themselves become acts of perfection, and through them, man incorporates in himself perfection and excellence and rises himself high over his previous lowly state. And he is elevated over his physicality. God on high with his tremendous wisdom has foreseen all of the imperfections, all of the lacking, the chesronos, that are embedded within people. We all have weaknesses, we all have imperfections, we all have problems, we all make mistakes. God has foreseen all of this. And he has taken into consideration in advance my weaknesses, my needs, my imperfections, my failures, and provided all of the items and boundaries and opportunities I require in order to be able to become ra'ui, to become suitable and fitting to cling to Hashem Yisbarach and to enjoy His pleasure. Now, that sentence might sound a little bit familiar. The beginning of Mesilas Yasharim, this is the same author, right? Okay. Which we read just yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Where he said, he quotes Chazal, that Chazal have taught us, this is the first chapter of Mesilas Yasharim, Adam lo nivra ela lehisanik al Hashem that man was created solely for the purpose of enjoying and rejoicing with God, and having pleasure from the glow of his shechina, which is the greatest pleasure that there is. That was the beginning. Yeah, that's the beginning of the Silsasharim. Now listen again what he said here. Hashem has taken into account and provided all of the elevated things, all of the... He has taken into account all my failures, all of the failures of all people, and provided all of the elevating tools and the, precious, the truly precious things that are required in order 
for a person to be ra'oi, to be suitable and fitting, in order that, well, one second, in order that he can become close and clinging to Hashem Yisbarach, and enjoying his goodness. I believe it's a very similar idea. Okay? I can't go so far as to say it's the same because Ramchal is very careful with his words. He didn't use the same words. But it seems like a pretty similar idea. In other words, Hashem has provided everything in this world that I require in order to be able to merit that lofty greatness that Masil Sisharim, in Masil wrote is the purpose of living and the goal we're headed for. Uchneged kolzeh and to fit this, in other words, to provide everything that I need. I'm saying I intentionally. He's talking in general for all people. But he's talking for all people as individuals, the collection of individuals. So by personalizing it, it helps it sink in. Everything, taking into account who I am and my failures and my weaknesses and my imperfections and everything that I will require in order to become, to merit to become close to Hashem and cling to Him, having taken that into account with, these, with this in mind, so to speak, He arranged the arrangements. He described the limitations. He created the boundaries. And therefore, when I keep to those boundaries and, and orders, and do things the way that Hashem said to do them. I don't cross the boundaries which Hashem said do not cross, the positive mitzvot and the negative mitzvot. He's telling me Hashem had these in mind when he created them. He had in mind me and you and you and you. Then when I keep them, yisatsem bo, there becomes atsem, atsem can mean a bone. Atsem means like atsmi, myself. It means the most deepest core within me. So in a physical level, that's like your bones. <laughs> that's the inner core. And when you're talking about a person sort of emotionally and personality-wise, the etzem is who their true self is. Yisatzem is to become, I use the word integrated. don't know if there's a better word for that. Meaning something which uh, incorporated into who I am. So yisatzem bo komash min hamala amitis then within the person, there becomes incorporated and integrated into their very self all that they require from the higher truths, which we have mentioned. And also, Yeshul al he also removes and negates within himself everything that would be a harchaka min ha'elyon, that would distance him from close clinging to God on high. Which is interesting, because if you think about it, although he did include in here kavana, but essentially what he's saying is, you can't go wrong if you're doing the mitzvahs. If you want to know, another way of saying this is, when you don't know what you should do, you're facing a difficult decision. Sometimes you just can't tell, but what about this, but what about that? It's complicated. What does God want me to do? Should I be spending more time? How could I just abandon this person? On the other hand, I have other obligations. And step one is look at what the halacha tells you. Halacha is the expression of God's will. <laughs> Literally, it's the, right? It's the, this is what the mitzvahs are. Now, 
you have to know and you have to find out and you have to talk to your posik because sometimes you can have halachas that appear to contradict so you have to know which what is the halacha in your case but step one is always what's the halacha now i have been taught that by my teachers before and it's very helpful you know we get so stuck in our quandary and it's so difficult to understand what's ethical to do especially when you know there's other conflicting ideas going on and it's it suddenly isn't so obvious when you say well what's the halacha oh that's true what does the halacha ask of me because if the halacha doesn't ask of me to do more then then i'll know i need to consider it or not consider it could be that my other obligations really are halachic and this extra step is not so that's where we start but this is ramchal is is saying something very very He's giving, um, you know, like, you move down from Shah to Remez, you know, to Drush and to Sod. He's giving, like, a much deeper reasoning behind why you'd say start with the Halacha. Start with the Halacha because when God created the Halacha, he took you into account and all of your situations into account. And the purpose of them is to allow you to cling to him in the next world and be as close as possible to God. And the way that the Halacha is designed is in order to maximize how close you can get and minimize the distancing. Okay, I'm going to skip, skip a little paragraph here. A little. <laughs> okay. Hasdar v'hagvulos ha'ele. Hinehim mitzvos. The arrangements and the boundaries that we're talking about, these are the body of mitzvos. Ha'asein v'halavin. The positive commandments, the negative prohibitions. Asher ko'achas mehem mechuvenes el tachlis haknos ba'adam v'ha'atzimbo that every single one of the proscriptions and prohibitions is intended and directed to the purpose and the goal of a person acquiring and integrating and melding within himself one of the higher elevations of truth. And removing from him some aspect of the darkness and limitation of the physical world. Through the act of performing that positive mitzvah, or by avoiding and holding back from doing something that is prohibited. In other words, even if I don't understand how it works, I could know that it does. The details and the fine details of all mitzvahs, of each and every mitzvah, is built on the foundation of the truth of God's existence and his involvement with man in all of his aspects. And the truth of perfection, of acquiring the perfection to those who require it. (laughs) Each thing, according to its conditions and its boundaries, what is required to achieve perfection. And Hashem, the source of all high wisdom, and who is the highest wisdom, who knows all of this, down to its depths of its core truth, and knows all people and all of the tools that they have, and he knows what you have available, what, what we have available as he has created them for us, what word is used for wisdom? Is it chokmah? Chokmah. Ha-chokmah the higher wisdom, the highest wisdom. And he knows 
our needs and he knows our capabilities and he also knows what tools we have available to us. He looks over and supervises everything and anticipates everything, sees it in advance and has included all that we need in the mitzvahs that he commanded us in the Torah. As the verse says in Devarim, Vayitzaveu Hashem, Vayitzavenu Hashem, Laso says, Kol achukim vechulei latov lanu. As the Torah says, Hashem commanded us to do all of his chukim, latov lanu, for what is good for us. Vehine shorish kolinyan havodahu. So with all of this, and this with all of this does not actually have with all of this, even if we had been able to understand in depth all the points the Ramcha was trying to make, which I definitely didn't, you may have, but we didn't read all the paragraphs, I skipped. But him having taken into account all of, these de- all of this information, it comes out then that shorish kol inyan ha-vodahu, that the root of all avoda is which is, you know, for Ramchal, he's, he's serious when he says these things, right? Like, the purpose of being created. The root of all avoda is, heos ha'adam pone samid livoro, that a person should turn constantly to face his creator. Vehu yavin. In other words, or, or which, which looks like, that he should know and he should understand. Shehulo nivra elalios misdabik bevoro, that he was created only in order that he can glue himself, stick himself, cling to his creator. Velo husambazeha olam elalios koveshas yitzro, and he was only placed into this world because the fact that we are created is not the same as being in this world. We are created elsewhere, but a person has to know that he was cre- put into this world only to conquer his yetzer, to conquer the inclination to do what is wrong, and to subject himself to his creator using the power of his mind. In opposition and opposing the cravings of the physical and the inclinations toward them. And he should direct all of his actions to the acquisition of this, tar- of this objective and not get distracted from it. It's very intense. But in the end, if you don't know what the objective is, you are unlikely to get there. Mm-hmm. So we may not have reached this objective, but at least to know what it is, to know where we're headed. Now, I have to say that having read this passage in Derech Hashem, without any further explanation, I read this series of phrases differently. In order that you stay mindful of and perform all of my mitzvahs, and you will be holy to God, Ani Hashem Elokecha. I am Hashem your God. It has a new meaning. I don't think it requires more explanation. Therefore, I'm going to move on to something else. Not, not really a something different, but a, a something a slightly different angle. 
which is this. I'm going this is a concept we've talked about before. Um, the idea that there is what we might call revealed, hidden, revealed. <coughs> Excuse me. Rabbi Tatz describes it as a pattern that we see consistently in terms of life and development that in the first phase, Hashem gives it to us. We make an effort and we see great success and we feel very encouraged. And then all of a sudden we hit a hard spot and maybe we even drop back and we feel like we've lost everything that we've achieved and it isn't going and it doesn't seem to be working and maybe we think that was all, must be that I was imagining it all along and it wasn't true, it wasn't real. We feel abandoned. And then, slowly, piece by piece, if we push through that, we can start to progress again. But it doesn't have the same quickness. There's no meteoric climb to the top. We have to work our way up, step by step. But what we achieve is something that has much greater value because we had to struggle for it and earn it. And he compares that to helping a baby learn to walk. You put your fingers out and the baby holds onto your fingers and you're kind of moving backward and the baby's toddling forward and it's all exciting and the baby can walk. And then when you see that it's finally got its balance pretty good, you let go. And all of a sudden the baby's falling down and it can't walk and it can't do it and it's been abandoned. But eventually the baby picks itself up. Rabbi Solzlanter said one of the things you learn from a baby, it keeps falling down, it keeps getting up. Right? It gets up and it takes a half a step and falls, and it takes a few steps and falls, and slowly, slowly it starts to walk again. And it's a really long time before that baby can walk as well as it did when you were holding its hands. But letting go is an act of love. And that's how Hashem leads us along. He gives us a taste of what we can achieve so that we know where we're going. But then he lets go so that we can pick ourselves up and learn how to walk on our own. Okay, that's the pattern. We've talked about it many times off and on during Shema because it seems to be the pattern of Shema. If you look at Ve'el Havta and the just pure, delightful, delighted love, and then you get to Vahayaim Shamoa, and there's a certain amount of falling down and being exiled from the land. And then you get to Vayomer, and we're picking ourselves up, and it's, you know, step by step. It's the Tachelas, and then the ocean, and then the sky, and, then, and we're trying to get back to it. It's a very similar pattern. Mm-hmm. And if we look at that third phase, then isn't it remarkable? You'll do the mitzvos. V'yisem kedoshim le'elokechem. But there's a new level here that we didn't quite have. And if, if you'll recall, a very long time ago when we started Shema, Shema occupies the level of Bria, which is the level associated with the Malachim. It's the level associated with Kedusha. The entire paragraph? Is the, whole, the whole Shema, the whole section of Shema, not just this, Shema and its brachos, are in the world of Bria, which is the world of Kedusha. And what we get to here is v'yisem kedoshim le'elokechem. Having gone through all of this, shma ve'ahavta ve'haya v'yomer, you will become kedoshim. Ani Hashem elokechem. 
And now it's reciprocal. That wasn't so when we started. It wasn't reciprocal when we started. In other words, there's something we are contributing to the relationship now. That's, we're on our own two feet to some extent. Okay. I think it's fair to say that if we want to talk about the tachlis, where are we headed with anything? So if we look, tachlis is also the word kol, all, right? It's the end goal. That's tachlis, tchelis, right? The tachlis of Vayomer, this paragraph, is v'yisem kedoshim le'elokeichem, ani Hashem elokeichem. Or, if you want to be very particular and look all the way at the end, the end of this pasuk, right? I took you out of Mitzrayim, li'os lachem le'elokim, to be for you a God, ani Hashem elokeichem, I am your God. Okay? This, this is the end goal. This is very intimate. Because always, what does it mean if we say kedoshim to Hashem? All we know is that kadosh is... Kadosh is something that's out of our realm. It's up there in the world of Bria and Malachim and perfection. And what does Kadoshim have to do with us? So it's also something we've mentioned before. What's Kedusha? Well, the word Kadosh means dedicated. So you can have something that is Hekdesh. When there's a base on Mikdash, well, even now, but I highly encourage you not to do it because you'll never be able to keep your promise until Mashiach comes, and that could be today. But there's always the risk that something happens between now and when you're able to fulfill your vow, so don't do it. But a person can have hektesh. A person can have something that they've promised to the Beis HaMikdash. Yeah, I have this sheep, I prom- but I promised it as a korban. Okay? I think also, even in those days, it was uh, encouraged not to do that. You were more encouraged to bring the money and dedicate the korban right there outside of Harabayas than you were to do that back home in Tiberia or something. And then who knows what happens between, you know, on your way bringing this korban all the way to Jerusalem. So it's a, it's a little bit risky. But the concept, I will dedicate this to Hashem. It's dedicated. What does dedicated mean? Dedicated to the base of Mikdash. It means it will not be used for any other purpose. It is, de- it is only for a certain purpose. That's what Kedusha means. Mm-hmm. Okay? Kedusha is holiness. Kedusha is Kedushin, getting married. Okay? The, the marriage contract, the marriage ceremony is Kedushin. And part of that is because it's only, only you are the only one. Harayat mikudeshesli. You are now only for me. You're dedicated for me. V'yisem kedoshim le'elokeichem, ani Hashem elokeichem. You become solely dedicated to Hashem. That's holiness. Which has two parts. We generally think of kedusha as a very, very positive thing that is created through restraint. Right? Kedusha is a function of precious, of restraint. Well, you start to understand why Kedusha is a function of restraint. Because, I, I don't know, uh, I hate to bring it up here. If you've ever been unfortunate enough to see, you know, news stories about people who have had affairs or whatever they've done, and they say, but oh, but I really love my wife, it's, you know, I don't know what came over me, it was ever, but, right, but it has to be only her. Right? Sure, the person says, but what does it have to do with it? I could love someone else also. I could have some other need, but I still love my wife. It doesn't touch on it. Well, it does. It does affect it. Okay? Because that closeness of love depends upon kedusha, depends upon being only, only dedicated 
Dedicated means I'm not spreading myself into other things, only into you. That's intimacy. And this is, the, in a sense, the highest level of you should love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Why everything? Why all of it? Because if you share it, then it isn't really Kedusha, is it? It's just not. So I want to... Hold on. There's another level of that, though, which is... You know, if you have two people on a desert island and they decide to get married, that, that's lovely, great. But it's not a testament to their dedication. <laughs> it's a testament to lack of choice. So on the one hand, there's a tremendous amount of Kedusha and dedication because, like, there is no competition. But it's not really such a high degree of love. The highest degree of love comes from saying no to other people. Saying, no, I choose you. And because I choose you, there will be no one else. But if I love Hashem with all my heart, how do I have room to love any person? Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit in regard to chesed a while ago. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I want to get to some Tisha B'Av material. Otherwise, I would just go on. But since I also know that everyone has to leave on time today, I can't just go over time with it. But the very short answer, but it's not helpful just being short, the very short answer is that when we can love people as a function of our love of Hashem, then our love for them is actually more profound and much more resilient, meaning it becomes resilient even when they do not behave as they ought to. We continue to love them because it's a function of our love of Hashem. That's not a very practical, it is a very practical answer, but, but to get down into the levels in which you're actually using it is not so much time for that today. But it is true. We, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we were talking no, about chesed and different things. Okay. So, if we think about this concept of Kedusha and think about the idea of Bechira, and there, I've seen this from many sources. We talked about it this past Rosh Hashanah time and also the last Rosh Hashanah. That our choosing of Hashem, or saying Hashem Melech, Hashem is king. Oh, we talked about it also in Baruch Sha'amar time. Right. Hashem is king, Hashem Melech. That choice has the most value because we have the ability to say otherwise. Really, all of creation testifies that Hashem is the king. All of the animals are subjected to Hashem, and they know it, and they testify to it in their actions and in their life. People have the ability to be a much more powerful declaration of Hashem's malchus in the world. But the reason for that is that Hashem gave us Bechira. Hashem gave us the ability to look and say, no, what are you kidding? I'm the king. <laughs> I'm the king. Or that, that uh, wind over there is the king. Or the sun is the king. Because we have the ability to deny that Hashem is the king, when we say Hashem is the king, that has much more power. That means something. It's sort of like the two people on the desert island who fall in love and get married. Well, that, that's marvelous. I mean, it's a good thing they don't hate each other. I don't know. I think in the movies, they would normally start off by hating each other and then decide that they actually love each other because, I don't know, they have no choice. <laughs> All right? That would be the more typical line. But what does that mean? 
If you then took that couple and put them in the middle of a lot of other people in society, what would happen? Who knows? Because the fact that they chose each other means something, but not a lot. The fact that a bison testifies to Hashem as the king is very meaningful to a point. And at some point, it's not so meaningful because the bison has no capacity to do anything other than testify that Hashem is the king. So when he testifies it to me, a human being, it starts to have a lot more meaning. When looking at that buffalo or, you know, that whooping crane or something, I see that Hashem is king, it has a lot more meaning. Why? Because my mind is capable of saying something different. And yet, I choose to say Hashem is king. This is the concept we discussed regarding the paragraph of Vayomer, following Vahayaim Shamoa. Really, all these ideas are the same idea. That we start off loving Hashem and doing all the mitzvos, and then we get into Vahaya Im Shamoa and we fall down. And we get into Vayomer and we say, I don't want that to happen again. What can I do to prevent it from happening again? Why do I say that? Because I'm choosing God. I'm saying, I know I'm now down here, but I choose to get closer to Hashem. So what can I do? Now the fact is, there's not much I have the ability to choose to do. I can choose it. I have the ability to choose, but to actually do. But the choosing, the Bechira, is the power. And in fact, the power to say to Hashem, I choose you, and I want to do what you want me to do, and I am desperate not to do anything you don't want me to do, saying that from a place of hate, I have sinned and I want to come back to you, in some ways has more power than someone who never sinned at all. When we sin and then we say, that was wrong, I was wrong, you were right, I should have done what you said, I will from now on. It's the truth. Do we want to go that way? No. And the proof of it is, when you're the Balchuva, I don't mean Balchuva like societally, when you're a person who's done Shuva, the proof of it is how desperately you do not want to go back to where you had been. All of these really are summaries of ideas we've spent time on in the past. I'm not sure we ever lined them all up to realize that they all really are the same kind of idea, mm -hmm. one after another. But I want to build another step onto that, onto all of these, which is the importance then. If, if, what, what, is the what is the state or what is the tool then? If this third level, if we're talking about a sort of a process that has three phases, and the third phase is the power and the tachlis, it's the end goal, and it's the most powerful phase, mm -hmm. what, what is it that puts us into the third phase? How do we make the transition? So the, the transition into the first phase, the love we've talked about, that comes from recognizing what Hashem does for us, right? the realizing it, the thanking for it, the praising of it, recognizing it's all from him. And that's, we've built on from brachos to psuche de zimra to, to shema. And the phase of falling down, so that's also been described. As soon as we have, and as soon as we have some success, we start to give ourselves some credit for our success. But what is it then, what is the thought process that puts us into phase three? I think the answer is hunger. 
not necessarily physical hunger, but, but a real inner hunger and a desire and a desperation. It's really pain. It's wanting. It's chisaron, feeling that something is missing. When I fall down and I'm suffering and I'm in pain and it's all bad and I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to start over, I'm going to get up on my own, I'm going to do it again. That's, that's nice. That doesn't get you into the third phase. The third phase starts when you say, I want to keep trying, but I think I'm going to fail again. I want to keep trying, but it may not, I, I don't think I'll succeed. Because for the last three years I've been working on this and failing and failing and failing and failing. I can't make it on my own. I want so badly to be closer to him. I feel abandoned. He let go of my hands and I fell down. And now I feel abandoned. And now I feel like Hashem is hidden from me. And now I see nothing. And now it's darkness. And we can stay sunk in that phase too for a really long time. And it's the moment when we say, I can't do it on my own. I need you. I want Hashem so badly. I want to feel Hashem in my life. I want to feel that I'm able to do the mitzvahs. I want to choose Hashem. I'm not sure I know how. I want to have a base hamikdash. I am suffering now. If things were only different, and they aren't different, and I can't take it for granted because I might work and work and work and struggle and struggle and struggle and keep feeling like I'm not getting anywhere. It's a little bit of ayomer, right? You put on the tzitzis and you remember and you can do all the mitzvos and now I still have to be one not to look after my eyes and follow my heart. It's not like I'm, I'm flying on my own here. There's a relationship that's born of the desperate desire to have the relationship. And the desperate desire to have the relationship is only born of the pain of having lost it or thinking we've lost it. Being afraid, maybe I've lost him forever. Maybe this time I really messed up and it can't be fixed. That desperate feeling is from looking back in desperation to what we've done and how we've messed up. And when we turn that forward to I am desperate to be able to move forward again, I think that's when we click into the third phase. Okay. The Chafetz Chaim says, "Komishu gadur min ha'arayos ufrosh mehen nikra kadosh l'Hashem." Whoever puts up boundaries for himself to stay away from immorality, and does stay away from immorality, is called a kadosh l'Hashem, one who is holy to God. As the verse says, "Kadoshim to you," and Rashi explains, "Kadoshim to you, you shall be holy." Hevu prushim min ha'arayos u'min haveros. Separate yourself from arayos from immorality and from averus. Wherever you find a barrier to immorality, meaning somebody has placed a fence to keep themselves away from immorality. As an example, somebody who's careful, a woman, to call men Mr. or Rabbi and use their last name instead of the more familiar first name. That's an example. It's not a halacha. There's no halacha that says you have to do that, right? It's a, a person putting up for themselves a barrier to Arayos. Atamotse bo Kedusha. That's where you find Kedusha. In the space, in the space that you've surrounded with the fence, that's where the Kedusha is. But as Rabbi Kellerman once said, if you're on a cliff, on a cliff you can exactly. also fall down the other way if you make your fence Rabbi too Kellerman. big. 
<laughs> Rabbi Kalman. Well, that wasn't the quote from Rabbi Kalman, I was going to say, but he always describes the geder, which means a fence. It's a fence next to a cliff. And the higher you think the cliff is, in other words, the greater the risk you perceive in falling off, the farther in you're going to move the fence. Right. But you can fall on the other side. If you're yeah, that wasn't the example, though, that I was necessarily talking about here. With Arayos, we don't so much say that, although there can be. You have to know what's correct within a marriage as well. Right? Is that people can, can draw their fence so far that they're cutting off the relationship that they're supposed to have also. That doesn't help. Okay. This idea of Kedusha, that our commitment and our, our bond of love, of Ahava, which is where we started Shema, and Kedusha, which is where we end Shema, hmm. is for Hashem alone. And all other love will grow out from there, ideally. Not competing. I think that's a little bit touching on what you, mm-hmm. you asked, Judy. When we refrain from doing that which is forbidden to us, we're clinging to Hashem. That's what the Ramchal said, as we said. And we become Kedoshim Lelokechem, and Hashem becomes Ani Hashem Lelokechem. I am your God. Actually, in every case, I found a few places where there's five, five verses that are similar to this. Ani Hashem Lelokechem v'his kadashtem v'yisem kedoshim ki kadoshani. Our Kedusha is a function of Hashem's Kedusha because it's intimate. It's us together. Okay. Now, what I want to, I want to discuss something that is helpful in a painful place, meaning in that moment of moving from a second phase to a third phase, which this is the build on to the other three types of way that we thought about, these three patterns that are really one pattern, which are in the dark places, which really where we are now is the dark place. Right? This is Shavua Shachal Tishabav. This is the week of Tishabav. So on a communal level, which should mean also on an individual level, this is our low point. It's really dark, and it's getting darker. I can achieve a kind of painful Kedusha. What is painful Kedusha? The painful Kedusha says, Hashem, I'm desperate. I want to feel close to you. I don't feel you anywhere. I want to become better. I don't see any way to become better. I only see that I'm a failure. Everything seems dark. Everything seems destroyed. The path ahead, we only see more and more flames ahead of us. But what I can do is say, I will not let anyone else in. I may not think you're in the room, but at least I can keep anyone else from coming into the room. It's like a, it's an odd image, but I think it's a helpful image. I may feel like I'm alone in the room. I want to feel Hashem is in my space with me. But even if I don't, I can be bound and determined not to let anyone else come into that space. That, I think, is lo sasuru achare levavchem v'yachare nechem. I won't ignore the fact that I feel alone. I won't say, well, as long as you're not here yet, I mean, this is the adulterer speaking, right? Well, I was away, it was a lot of months on the road, it was, okay? So for us, hopefully that's not the choice, but it's, I'll watch a movie, I'll read a book, I'll go hang out somewhere where there's, I'll go to Las Vegas, I'll bet, I'll drink, 
hopefully these aren't exactly our challenges, but if, you know, I think they're a little more possible, hopefully. I'll have a brownie, I'll do something, yes, I will do something, sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat chips. I'll eat chips. Yeah, potato <laughs> chips. Right? I will, I'll, I'll read something stupid in the moment where I feel alone. And I'm saying, well, I can't do anything about this. I'm just waiting for you. Okay. So I'm just waiting for you. So I'm going to try and distract myself from my pain. I'll take a Tylenol, essentially. Right? All those things are like taking a Tylenol. All of those, I'll fantasize about how it could... If I say no, I will not let anyone else into this space. I may not feel you here. I know God is everywhere, but there are times when we don't seem to know that. We may know it, but we don't know it. And I feel like I'm in a closed room and I'm all alone. Then I say, okay, but nobody else is coming in. That much I can choose. That much I can choose, no matter how desperate I get. Then I'm telling Hashem, I can't control what you're doing to me. But what I can do is say, but I'm ready for you. I'm here. I'm waiting. I'm ready. Maybe I have no power to do anything. Because the truth is, what power do I have? But the power to choose not to go elsewhere, that's the power of Kedusha. That's Kedusha. That's saying you and only you. That's dedicated. I am Mikudesha Slacha. I am dedicated and holy for you. This is the ability, I think in, the, in that space is the power for us to create a relationship with God that is powerful and lasting. Because it isn't exactly through our actions, because we don't always have control of being able to do things. Not every situation comes our way to be an opportunity for a mitzvah. Not every time we try to do a mitzvah, even with good intentions, are we successful in doing it. And even sometimes we are successful, but our intentions weren't 100%. But to be able to say, no, but I choose you. Everything else, I've, in that moment of extreme helplessness, to say, I choose you. Nobody else is coming in. I'm here. I'll wait. I'll wait for you. Nobody, nothing, no action, no food, no drink, no entertainment. Anything that might distract me is not really what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is you. It's a brutal truth. And our minds do not automatically do that. Our hearts and our eyes are always looking for something to fill them. Which means, I'm saying, Hashem, I have chesronos, I have weaknesses, but I also need them. Because if I didn't have them, I wouldn't feel the need for you. I wouldn't feel that hunger and that desperation and that need. So I need to say, that it's, it's not that it's okay to feel needy, okay to feel empty, okay to feel lonely, okay to feel failure. That's, I don't want to feel that way. But when I do feel that way, I can embrace it and say, from here, I'm turning to God. From here, I'm turning to you to fill me, not to anything else. Which is, of course, the meaning of Bore Nefashos Rabos Vechesronan. Hashem, you have created many, all living things and made them each lacking. All that you have created, in order that you should provide life to all living creatures. Hashem is the source of life. Hashem is the one who will fill me. It's not any of these other things. 
you have to get to Betty's. I want to take like another five minutes just to talk a little bit about Tisha B'Av. You can see how this would fit to Tisha B'Av, how this is helpful going into Tisha B'Av. First of all, it explains everything about the halachas of Tisha B'Av. Everything. Don't eat. Don't drink. Don't distract yourself. Sit down on the floor. <clears throat> don't even learn Torah, at least until Chatzos, unless it's something that's specifically about the Churban. Right? We are not distracting ourselves from the pain. So what I'm going to say now is based on primarily, it's a combination of what we just talked about mm -hmm. and a little mini essay from Rav Scheinberg on Chorban and Galos um, and another idea of my own. Rav Scheinberg essentially is addressing the question, when we daven Shemona Esrei, we say, May our eyes see, may they, may they witness, may they look at the, your return to Zion with mercy. Baruch ato Hashem, blessed are you, Hashem the Creator, Hamachazir Shrinaso Litzion, who returns his Shechina, his tangible awareness of his presence, to Zion, to Zion. And, as with most of these brachos, it's in the present tense. Or there's actually a more correct term for that, but I'm not good with grammar. Hamachazir, I mean, I'm okay with grammar, but not with the technicalities of what you call things. Hamachazir, who, re, who is returning Shrina Solitia. He is returning his Shrina to Zion. It is happening already. It has been happening and continues. Okay, that's point one. Now, this year is different because Tisha B'Av is on Shabbos, which means that we are going to uh, celebrate the fast of Tisha B'Av on Sunday, which is actually the 10th of Av, not the 9th of Av. But in, an, in a year where that isn't the case, we have the fast of Tisha B'Av on the 9th of Av. But until Chatzos, until midday on the 10th of Av, we're back in the nine days. We're still in mourning. I don't know if you realize that. Okay? All the halachos of the nine days continue after Tisha B'Av until noon the next day. Why? Because although on the ninth of Av the Beis HaMikdash was lit, it burned straight through the tenth. The fires were still burning. We're not back to normal. We only can fast one day, okay. But we're not back to normal. We're still in mourning. But this year, I assume it will end on... This year, when the fast is over, then the nine days are just over because some people have certain customs that they wait till the morning just because, like, how could you jump out of Tisha B'Av and straight into... But that, that's a question for a rabbi. But basically speaking, then it's over because you're already past midday on the 10th. You're already, the, you're already on the 11th by the time Tisha B'Av's over. That's a little different. Okay. There is a pasuk in Zechariah. And I shall be for her, says God, for Yerushalayim, a wall of fire surrounding, and as a glory I will be within her. The Beis HaMikdash is destroyed by fire. And the reason we have Tisha B'Av year after year is because it is still being destroyed it's not just something that happened a long time ago. The fire still burns. But in Zechariah, Hashem says, 
I will be a wall of fire surrounding Jerusalem. So Rav Scheinberg says what that means is the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt with fire. It is destroyed with fire. It is rebuilt with fire. Okay. What's the fire of the rebuilding? And he quotes the Dover Shalom, who says, and I only have the English here because this is translation, the walls of fire that HaKadosh, I mean, he probably said it in English, but <laughs> the walls of fire that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will in the future bring down with the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim are made from the flaming sparks of awe that those who serve Hashem ignite during Torah learning and prayers to Hashem. There is a fire within us, and that's a fire of reaching for Hashem. It's a fire of Kedusha, it's a fire of Yira, of Yira that says, I'm afraid I'm not good enough to come close to you. It's a, right? Yira is awe. It's a kind of fear. And we always think, oh, why should I have a relationship of fear with God? It should be love with God. You know where the real passionate love of God comes from? From Yira. It comes from a place of saying, I don't, I don't know that I am good enough. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm afraid I'm never going to be good enough. I'm afraid I'm a failure. I'm afraid you're not interested in me. You're away. You're gone. You're, <laughs> the base Amikdash is destroyed. I don't hear your voice. I don't see your presence anymore. So it's true that the Beis HaMikdash is still burning, but it's also true Hamachazir that his Shechina has all this time been in the process of returning. There's a, um, Chazal say that the, the Mashiach will be born on Tisha B'Av. And where did I see this? Did I mention this on Shabbos? Was the... I, I can't remember where I saw it now. When did that happen? It might have been the Medrash Tanchum or the Rabbeinu Bechai, I don't remember. When is that? He said it was on the very first Tisha B'Av, when the Beis HaMikdash was actually destroyed. We didn't think it was possible. That desperation, that fear, that pain, that mourning is the birth of the Mashiach. I'm not saying it's instead of an actual Mashiach. There's a Mashiach. But when they're saying that Mashiach is born on Tisha B'av, that's what it means. Out of the pain of loss and darkness and helplessness is born a redemption. The Beis HaMikdash is burned with fire, but the Beis HaMikdash will be rebuilt with fire. This is both. And it's already happening. So, one thing is on Tisha B'av, to not be too afraid to feel the pain. I think we don't really always want to. But Tisha B'Av is the time where everything about the day is structured to make us feel it and not be distracted from it. That's a kind of kedusha. Not looking to something else to keep us going and dull the edge of the pain for a while until the next dose. Nothing else to try and fill up or hide the empty space inside. Tisha B'Av is not a time <laughs> for segulas, it's not a time for spiritual Tylenol. It's a time to actually feel the pain that we have and think of the pain at best is a shortcut to awareness. Pain pushes our, our back to the wall so that we have to notice. I think this also helps us understand. 
whoever mourns over Jerusalem, who truly mourns, will merit to see it rebuilt. That, and the fire that destroyed Jerusalem is the fire that will rebuild Jerusalem. I think we can try and tap into this, both in this bracha, Hamachazir and that it is returning. And I think that it's not a coincidence that the same language is used in Elokai Neshama. Say, Hashem, you've given me a soul, you put it into my body, you'll take it out, but you'll bring it back in the future. Baruch Ato Hashem, Hamachazir, who returns, it's the same word, Neshamos Lifgarim Mesim, souls to dead bodies. Hashem, will, we, feel some, we can feel in depression, we can feel dead. We can... Hashem is returning our soul to us, and just as surely he is returning his Shechina to Zion. He's returning the spiritual soul of the world to Zion, to the Beis HaMikdash. It's, it's really the same thing. All right, so I hope we have um, something to think about that will help make this, this tish above a... Uh, Hopefully we won't have it. We can get there. We can beat it. Yeah. Get there first. But if not, that we can get somewhere. A really interesting idea last night. Um, I'm sure Sharon can, can share it with you. It was, it was really an, an uplifting thought about what happened at mid, midday to Shabbat. Oh, I would love to hear that. That was interesting. It was, that was, it was very interesting. This was very interesting. Thank you. Now I see why things have been better this week.